You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Hey, it is time for us, and we are jumping right in with both feet which makes a total of four because there's two of us. I'm John Ashton. He's Jeff Smith. I'm in the studio. He's Come on in. in Water's warm, man. Yeah, I mean, water's <laughs> warm. Rub it in. Water's warm here, baby. I was thinking right. about this just the other day. Okay. Which and I thought I'd are. bring this up, right? Okay. We do the show, and I'm in, in Colorado, in Vail Valley, all summer. And you're mm-hmm. all bent out of shape because you're in Kentucky. I can mm-hmm. understand. Now I'm in Naples, Florida, and you're still in Kentucky. So you're yeah. still bent out of shape. Does this look bent to you? Yeah, no complaining. Not, not too shabby at all. I will right. be bent out of shape, however, in like December and January and February when we start talking and you start telling me how wonderful it is there. And yeah, that's I just, true. just come in from shoveling snow, but uh, we're not going to worry about true. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want you to explain something to me, man. Okay. I have been getting emails from various and sundry sources. Uh oh, they're trying to sell you something. Well, they, they are. They are, but they're trying to sell me a replacement for my three wood. Yeah. Suddenly, the three wood has become equipment non grata. I mean, <laughs> sure. it's you know, dump the three wood. Even pros are getting rid of the three wood. This club replaces your three wood. What what's wrong with my three wood, man? You mean you mean their three wood is better than your three wood? <laughs> Is that the deal? I guess. I don't know what they got. I think they got a three wood. (laughs) The calling it a three wood is just easier to hit because it has, I don't know what, more lost. Yeah, right. They call it that, but it's probably like 16 degrees or 17 degrees or something makes it easier to get in the air. And it isn't really a three wood. It's kind of like a five wood with a length of a three wood shaft. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, they used to make seven woods like that with a three wood shaft in them. Callaway did it and they called it a heaven wood. Heaven wood. Yes. I had and everybody loved it. <laughs> yes. Right. And then somebody said only old guys hit that. And so everybody under 60 got rid of theirs. Exactly. <laughs> they put a little piece of tape over the, under the, over the name. So you couldn't see it was actually a heaven wood. Right. That's my utility. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that, no. that strikes me as being, I don't want to say cheating, but it's, it's um, kind of like, you know, hey, try this three wood snicker, snicker, snicker. <laughs> Our three wood, it's it higher than your three wood. Yes, it does, because <laughs> you got about four more degrees aloft on the thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I can understand because I have been using my five wood much more predominantly than I do my three wood. Sure. It's easier to hit. Uh, I hit it just as far. Almost. <laughs> so let's think about it. I mean, Why I can hit both happen? of them 150 yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One's just in the air. <laughs> Depends on how you want to play the game, right? This Not all. My ground good. game with this club is really good. <laughs> No, no, no. They're so let's let's think about some of the the big picture about three woods. Okay. Okay. Let's just pinpoint a common loft on a three wood. Okay. 15 degrees. Right. Okay. Common. Mm-hmm. Lots of them have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do we know about three woods? 15 degrees of loft is common. That means 
it's hard to get the ball up in the air because it's not a lot of loft for a club off the ground. Right. Okay. But it is substantially easier to get off than a driver would be. It is. Yes. So, but what happens at those lower lofts that you're hitting a ball off the ground? You really got to strike it just perfectly, really. Mm -hmm. In order for the thing to launch high and carry far, and in order for that to happen, you got to have a lot of ball speed. In order for that to happen, you got to have a lot of club head speed. Right. But as people lose their club head speeds, they don't get the ball up in the air because that launch angle is pretty low mm-hmm. and it doesn't spin a whole lot. Right. So if you combine, it doesn't spin a whole lot to raise, to lift it up and it doesn't launch very high because you got low loft and low speed, it'll hit the ground sooner and then stop sooner. And then all of a sudden you'll pull out your five wood and it'll have more loft on it. 17 degrees or 18 degrees or something with your five. Wood. Mine, mine's 19. Yours is 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you'll launch it in the air and you'll go, man, I just seem to hit this one better. Yeah. And you know what? It goes almost just as far, really close. It does. And yeah. the reason is because there's not a whole lot of resistance to that golf ball in the air. Right. But when the ball's on the ground with that three wood, cause it didn't get in the air and stay in the air, there's a whole lot more resistance to that ball. And then all of a sudden you wind up with really close to the same distance. So lots of folks find it a whole lot easier to play with a five wood because they're satisfied with it. Cause they're not cursing after they hit the five wood nearly as often as they're cursing when they hit the three wood. So you're saying that the older people whose club head speed has diminished, whose ball speed has diminished, maybe should take their three wood and go back and search through the garage and see if they can find that Callaway's heaven wood. Yeah, I kind of said that. <laughs> this is what it you sounded like to me, buddy. <laughs> you could extrapolate that yeah. from what I from what I mentioned, but I wasn't really saying it was just old people, right? Just people who's you who's the old guy speed. said the old yeah. guy said that. Yeah, the younger guy didn't say that. Okay, I said slow, lower club head speeds. That could mean uh, juniors and ladies and young girls and young boys who haven't gotten there yet. Right? It could. It could indeed mean that. Yes, it could. It could be. So I'm throwing yeah. out the disclaimers. <laughs> I have found, however, though, that if one were to uh, follow the the teachings of one brother Jeff Smith, as far as ball placement for a fairway wood, yeah, you can find that you can get your three wood up in the air. Yeah, I know. It's kind of fun, isn't it? <laughs> There's a little trick to that, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fun part about when I work with people when they have their three woods and they tell me they're not getting it in the air mm-hmm. and I watch them set up to it and they put their ball in the center of their stance right down their spine and then they cram their hands in front of it. And I think, man, no wonder it's not getting in the air. Your ball's too far back. The club's still coming down at it, traveling down, facing down. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't put the ball anywhere close to the bottom of the arc of the swing. And so you're catching it still as it's traveling down, facing down. No wonder it didn't get up. Right. Yeah. And then I'll, I was like, well, how'd you hit that? And they're like, well, I hit it. I felt pretty solid. I'm like, okay, well, why don't we? And so what I do is I start bumping the ball forward a, a half a golf ball at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we find it. And it's always in the same place almost per player it's almost always the the biggest success point in getting the ball in the air and getting it to hit it farther and carry it longer and all that stuff is almost every single person 
the lowest point of their golf swing where it is. And it's over by the left hip joint, the front hip joint. Mm-hmm. And yeah. almost all the time. And that's because the club has stopped traveling down facing down. It's already at the bottom and it's now facing forward and up. Yeah. And you hit the bottom of the golf ball. And since all these clubs, three woods included, are uh, bottom weighted, it helps launch the ball high. So the CG of the club is dead below the ball, and there's most the most amount of loft you're going to get on that club. CG, center, center of gravity. Yeah, CG, center of I gravity. Know, I know all that good stuff. Um, why is it that so few people understand or take the time to realize? Maybe it's just they don't realize that the best place to strike the ball is at the very bottom of the arc of the swing. But if you were to take a practice shot, just a practice swing, not a practice shot, just a practice swing, and do it slowly and pay attention, you will see where on that ground in front of you, that club, whatever that club is, reaches the bottom of its arc. Yeah. Now, when when I'm talking to people about making sure they get the ball in the air, I start talking about putting the ball at that part in the golf swing. Right. Right. But if they're talking about a more lower, more penetrating shot, I'm talking about it being further back than that. Right. Because then you're catching it on the way down while it's still facing a little lower, thus hitting it a little lower. For like so windy, when we're talking windy about conditions. Ball, pardon? For windy conditions? Yeah, windy conditions. So the ball penetrates more and doesn't float as much, mm-hmm. right? Okay. You know, into the wind and crosswind kind of stuff. Right, right. Right. Downwind, I want to throw that sucker up in the air as quick as I can. <laughs> and let it ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had one. I had a three-wood almost uh, 300 yards once. Did you? What'd you land yeah. it on? It was the it was the Sunday. No, it's, it's straight in the fairway. It was the Sunday before Ryder Cup week started here in Louisville. Uh-huh. Which was, what, 2007, 2008? Uh-huh. And um, Hurricane Ike was oh. coming through. At and your back, we, huh? And we were playing, and I had an 80 mile an hour wind at my back. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Ike. Not only not only did I hit a 300 yard uh, three wood, but I had to uh, duck uh, and and uh, get out of the way of a couple of trash cans that were <laughs> <laughs> floating about. <laughs> floating about, yeah. As, <laughs> as Ron White says, you know, in a hurricane, it's it's not the wind; it's the stuff the wind is pushing. Blowing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that quote. It's not that the wind is blowing. <laughs> right. What the wind is blowing? Right. I think I remember that one pretty well. That's exactly. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So it works. So. So I guess what you're saying is that there's there's two choices. One is to learn how to use it correctly, and when to use it correctly. Or just give it up, sell it, and go get a heavenwood. Yeah, I think those are some pretty good options. The lower club head speed folks, they're the ones that are making that decision. The higher club head speed folks are keeping the three wood in the bag. Sure. But the lower club head speed folks, they're the ones making that decision to go get something with a tad bit more loft and get a little longer shaft in that one with a tad bit more loft, and then everybody's happy. So you would suggest then that someone whose swing speed was decreasing should make that kind of an adjustment if they're having problems with their Yeah, that's when you start making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Start keep testing clubs. That's the way to do it. Let's let's talk about more clubs that we should uh, maybe try to either learn how to use correctly or get rid of. I got 14 of them I want to fix. We'll do that when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Is hiring a challenge? 
Yes. Do you love a challenge? Also, yes. You need a hiring partner, though, that can help you rise to that challenge. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all right there. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. So if you're like us, a small organization that doesn't have a whole lot of time to hunt down people, well, Indeed makes the hiring process all in one place easy. Candidates we invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to the job here than candidates who only see it in a search somewhere. That's according to US Indeed data. And we get one step closer to the hire by immediately matching with quality candidates. Our job, quality candidates matched. Bam. Just like that. Want to try it? Of course you want to try it. We want to help you try it too. Here's what you do. Go to indeed.com slash weekend and we'll hook you up with a $75 sponsored job credit. So if you have an opening now, you can start hiring now at a discount. $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash weekend. The offer is good for a limited time. Once again, $75 credit now at indeed.com slash weekend. You know, in the minute I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data. Be the 17th. Indeed.com slash weekend. $75 sponsored job credit is yours right now. With Indeed's matching platform, you will find who you need. Indeed, you will. Are you listening to the Approach Shop podcast? If not, here's what you've been missing. ESPN.com's Bob Harrig tells golf stories. And why does comedian Mark Montana hate golf? Uh, only because uh, I'm competitive and I don't like uh, losing in sports <laughs> to guys that are 65 and overweight. So go ahead. Download an episode or two of the Approach Shot today at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us, like us. And we are back. Thanks for hanging. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, geographically relocated to the, the end of Florida. You're in southern Florida now, right? I am. And I'm in Naples teaching at Bonita Bay in, in beautiful Bonita Springs, Florida. I mean, you cross the street and then you're in Naples. So, I mean, you could just yeah. say it one way or another, right? Last year at this time, they were devastated by a nasty hurricane that happened uh, in October mm. last year. That's right. And uh, And now you can't tell. Except when you go to the beach and you see all the buildings that are still just obliterated. Mm, yeah. You get up near Fort Myers Beach and it's just obliterated. It's just it still looks like a a big war zone. What like a, a big tree killing bomb went off and a oh, building killing bomb went off. It was just yeah. terrible. It's that was, it's that sad. Are bad. That. It, is. it is. It's terrible. But, um, but down here, a little bit south of that, um, and a little bit inland of that, um, you you can't tell now. Yeah. But the, yeah, you, know, you a, get right up where the water was rushing in and, you know, whatever the 15 feet high storm surge or whatever the heck it was, yeah. it was maybe it was bigger than that. I don't I don't know. I mean, they, they know everything about it down here. I'm just sitting here now talking about it like I know something I don't. Yeah, it's, it's great to see just how quickly that the, the ground can repair itself. Yeah. And of course, with the help of, of 
very uh, capable superintendents at golf courses. I'm sure that they, uh, they, they can help the ground <laughs> help it along and not have to wait for it. But uh, yeah, things, things get taken care of quite quickly. The, the, the people who live with hurricanes know how to live with hurricanes. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. the way it goes. It was the same deal in Charleston, South Carolina. They were doing good until Hugo came through and took out one whole side of Folly Beach. Had some friends who had a house between the road and the beach. And after Hugo, there was no beach or road. <laughs> was oh, really? Beach and then houses that used to be on the other side of the road. They were now beachfront property. So, yeah, it was kind of sad. But anyhow, um, at, at what point would you do you suggest your students make equipment changes because or or not because of, but to compensate for a, a lack of speed, either ball speed, swing speed, or any of that stuff? And and when when you make suggestions, what do you suggest they change to? Graphite shafts or lighter well shafts or what? Okay, so I'm gonna throw out the little disclaimer. You okay. know, the first thing I do is try to find out is the player capable of delivering any more speed? Yes or no. Meaning are they going to go to the gym? Can they go work on their bodies? Are they willing to do it? Yeah. Right. And, And let's say that the answer to those is I've explored it and I am at the end of the physical road, so to speak. All right. They've done what they can do. They're producing what they can produce. I have used my force plates on them. I have tried to figure out how to get them to generate some more force and speed. And we're at the physical max. Okay. Okay. Now we have a conversation about equipment. Okay. All right. Okay. That's the point where I test equipment. I find out to get to the physical limits first. Because if I get to the, if I go club first, like most everybody does, they'll go club first, you know, like everybody's going to go, oh, I heard that this driver can give, it gave (laughs) Bob over there 12 more yards. Yeah. My God, I'm going to go get that shaft. I don't care if it's $750. (laughs) I'm going to get it. Price is no object. Hey, it's unbelievable. People won't work on themselves to get the club head to move faster, but boy, they'll cough up a ton of money on equipment to make it go faster. Right. But I'll look at equipment and I'll get a, a, a qualified fitter and we'll talk about, you know, is it a longer, lighter shaft? Does it really help this player get the center of the club face on a ball? Or is it just club heads moving faster because it's longer and lighter, but now they can no longer get the middle of the club face on the ball? Because they can't feel where the club head is or they just can't control it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the ball's not going any further. So uh, there's always this test of equipment that I do. Okay. Because, you know, marketing will tell you, well, the, the lighter the shaft you have in your hand, the faster you can swing it and the faster you can swing it. Well, therefore the ball's going to go further. And they're like, yeah, okay. However, what if you can no longer hit it in the middle of the face? And so, yeah, the club might be moving two or three miles an hour faster, but now you're hitting it farther off center and you haven't gained a thing but you're out some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your father in the woods. <laughs> you are out some money. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, you look at that and you're like, dang it. I'm deep in here. I'm so deep. I'm finding John's golf balls. 
I heard that the other day on the on the range tee. A couple uh-huh. of guys were ribbing each other. And I heard that one. I'm giving a guy a golf lesson. And these guys are ribbing each other over here. I hit this one so bad I found one of his balls. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, there's always gonna be golf buddies. And they're all yeah. going to be zinging each other for that's, four and a half hours every that's, time. That's what makes it yeah. fun to do, man. And, yeah. You know, and the more you drink, the nastier the zingers get. Yeah. It's it's a pretty funny stuff. It closer to I heard, home. I too. heard a couple of things just the other day that make you blush, even if you're not, <laughs> not prone to blush. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Are, are there easier clubs to swing to get to hit the center face or is that just just a technique that has nothing that's to do no correlation thing. at all with the that's club? that's a per player thing okay a lot of it has to do with how long has this player been swinging this weight of clubs successfully right whatever it is you know let's call it a 75 gram driver shaft for example mm-hmm. all right and and he gets the club on the ball and is his body his hands his arms the delivery mechanism is pretty solid and he gets it in the middle of the face and he feels that. And then all of a sudden you, you throw either a longer shaft at him and then he can't find the middle of the face or mm-hmm. you throw a lighter shaft at him, like a 35 gram driver shaft. Cause there's some out there that are 35 grams. You'd swing it and you're like, yeah, I can't even feel anything. I don't even know where the head is anymore. <laughs> and then they can't get it in the center of the face. Okay. So yeah, there's all kinds of things going on out there. So I always wonder. Again, that comes back to the the old adage is get fitted. Yeah. Don't don't try to make it up on your own. Don't don't buy the latest and the greatest thing that you've seen on the inside flap of golf magazine. Yeah, but they they want that. Well, go they to your get, and look, say, Will this work for me? Just think of how this show started this week. So let me ask you something. I keep getting inundated by these emails that say my three woods better than your three woods. Come on, man. This is exactly where we are as a, as a golf society, isn't it? It is. And it's, I mean, and it's so hard if you are serious about getting equipment because everybody's clubs are better than the next guy's clubs everybody's clubs are better than their own clubs were six months ago. Yeah. You know, uh, artificial intelligence designed this one. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good. I mean, you so, know, so, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everybody's got a thing to sell and a reason to sell it. Right. The reason's always, they want some of your money. Yeah. You know, what's funny though. All those, all these, you know, commercials, we've all seen these things. This new XP something or other, whatever, the greatest, latest thing that replaces this club in your bag. You know what it always is? They're always on the same stinking hole somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. They have the perfect background, the perfect scenery, a little mountain in the background. You can see it. You got mm-hmm. the desert. You got this beautiful strip of ground. These guys are out there slugging it on the range going, man, this I've is I've awesome. never hit a ball that far before. Right. Yeah, And it's so funny because it seems like they're always on the same golf hole. Yeah. (laughs) It's like somebody built a one golf hole 
and a driving range. <laughs> and then everybody just comes and pays them to use it for all their commercials. Yes. Well, what it is, is that they, they built one golf hole at the place that makes all of the golf commercials. Yeah. So that's why, you know, bring your club here and we'll shoot your commercial and it'll be fine. Yeah. You walk in, do the same thing. Here's your script. (laughs) Is it possible that clubs do keep getting better and better and better? Because there's got to be a plateau above which you cannot exceed. (laughs) It's got to be. Okay. I'm (laughs) going to. I'm not going to agree with you right away because <laughs> your sponsors may be listening. <laughs> say, my, my club manufacturer sponsor will be listening to this show. <laughs> but these guys, the guys I'm with, these guys, they get better every year. But those there's other no guys, limit to what these guys can do. <laughs> yeah, but these other guys, <laughs> they, they're just they're just throwing it out there with a big pack of lies. You know, let's, let's they got change. a club that was four years ago it was better than the one they got now. That's just those guys. But the guys that I'm with, these guys, they better get and smarter better. and better every year. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So the clubs, we'll we'll leave the clubs there, and we'll get him in trouble with his ball sponsor next when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. Have you ever tried to buy gold and silver and felt like you were talking to a used car salesman? That's because the precious metals industry is like the Wild West. Salesmen can say pretty much anything or make any promise they want without repercussion. But Genesis Gold Group is different. They're a faith-driven Christian precious metals company and believe in educating their customers, not pressuring them for a quick sale. Genesis Gold Group focuses on customer service, not sleazy marketing. Genesis Gold Group is named after the first book of the Bible for a reason. Proper stewardship of wealth is their specialty. Find out why they've earned a 5 out of 5 rating through the Better Business Bureau and how they can help you secure your wealth or retirement through physical precious metals. Call right now to learn more. 800-239-6987 That's 800-239-6987 And thanks for hanging. We are here, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, golf magazine top 100 instructor. Jeff Smith at Bonita Springs, Bonita Bay uh, Golf Club, club, Golf Club, Country Club, uh, uh, Bonita Bay Club, Bonita Bay Club. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, gotcha. it's on Country Club Drive, so I would lean uh, toward well, Country Club. But there it doesn't say that in the name. It just says Benita Bay Club. That's because like, okay. they, they probably were charged by the letter for the sign. So, <laughs> so, so just club. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, okay. We only got so much space. And we, you know. <laughs> okay. So not only does every club out there advertise this one's longer, farther, lighter, better, prettier, sexier, whatever. Um, yeah. But so do every brand of golf ball. Sure the longest do. ball, the better ball. This one's longer than that one. This this one flies higher. It's you know, it's like the yeah. PF. Do you remember the PF Flyer sneakers? Yeah, you could run faster and jump higher because of the magic uh, PF Flyer wedge. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Marketing is just as genius back then <laughs> as it is today. I know. 
He'll try anything that works and call it a great campaign. So do they have like magic uh, wedges inside some of these golf balls now? Or <laughs> The golf balls are pretty impressive. I got to tell you. They are. I got to tell you, you and I've been playing golf for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've seen this evolution of golf balls in our bags. Right. We've we've carried them around. We've hit them. We remember the excessive spin that the Bellotta balls used to have. And the smiles after the oh, yeah. shot. <laughs> How many, you know, and we had that, remember that little golf ball thing that we had? You, if you could push it through this hole, it was still round enough to play. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you hit it so hard and then they kind of look like an egg in the air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about these long drive dudes? These guys who could just flat out, just mash it. Give them that old school golf ball. See how quickly it is no longer round. Yeah. They could use it once maybe. And that's it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but you know, these golf balls have changed so much and they just keep getting better. And now there's this conversation that we hear all the time about, yep, we're going to roll this golf back golf ball back for the pros. Really? Are you, are you really going to make them worse? Mm. What, why? What's the point of that? Cause the game's you know, getting it, too easy for them. Is it really? Is the scoring average really that different? Is it, but isn't it just that, aren't we all just amazed at how far somebody can hit a golf ball? Isn't that like one of the biggest cool things in golf? It is. Why is it that, that half the golf world knows who Jason Zubak is or Kyle Berkshire is, or, or any of these guys who are just, you know, or Jamie Sadlowski or, or Martin Borgmeyer. Why, why do we know who these guys are? Because they're monster drivers, man. It's unbelievable how far they can. They're Justin James, for a matter of fact. This cat, these guys hit it so stinking far. You're like, come on. We're enthralled by that. Why would these, <laughs> why would the USGA? Uh, here we go. I'm, you I'm just, gonna, I think you're about to answer your own question, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing how much time we got left and deciding <laughs> if I want to go on my USGA rant or not. Right? Why would they start taking that away from us? It's the fun in the game. Mm-hmm. It's the allure of it. Look, because it, golf is serious. This is not supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a stinking game. It's a sport. It's all those things. But you know what? Nobody's trying to deflate the football. Whoops. Sorry. He's he's not playing anymore. <laughs> Sorry. He's not playing anymore. Yeah. Nobody's trying to mess with the baseball. Oh, wait. Yeah, they are. <laughs> well, they, they had know. the same problem with the baseball. Yeah, right. It was going out too fast. What'd they do? Right? They changed yeah. the ball. They, they you know, so it wouldn't fly as far. They deadened yeah. the ball a little bit. Yeah. Was that because golf because baseball was just too much fun when everybody hitting dingers. It took Wasn't too it? long because of all the home long. runs. <laughs> all the home runs couldn't get anybody out. <laughs> Got to keep it in the park so they can catch it and get <laughs> you out. Right. But yeah. people watch those games. Remember those times we, what, what'd you do? Yeah. The Cubs won 21 to 16. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a football score. Yeah. Like, what? What happened? Wind's blowing out, baby. That's it. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It was, you know, it and then, is fun, right? So why would they take that away? What's the big deal? 
with this, oh, well, the pros hit it too far and it's making the golf courses too short and they're running out of real estate and okay, fine. Let it happen. What's the big deal? Yeah, so they drive a couple of might actually break scoring records, which is kind of cool. Like somebody Mm -hmm. does that in basketball, everybody's all keyed up about that. Indeed, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Is is it really too much to ask the USGA so that people can have fun? Or they just want to say, no, 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 we're not going to let the Dustin Johnsons of the world be the Dustin Johnsons of the world or the or the Cameron Champs or the Roy McElroy's or the John Roms or the Tony Finau's or whoever. Right. Come Mm -hmm. on. There's always been a handful of players that were shockingly longer than the rest of their compatriots on the tour. Mm -hmm. But that didn't mean they won all the time. No. And you know what it doesn't mean? It doesn't mean that these people are winning all the time. Hey, you drive. They weren't really talking about this when Tiger was whipping everybody's tail in in 1999, 2000, 2001. They weren't talking about ripping the ball back because he's the only dude out there killing it. Everybody right. was marveling at why he was so much better. And And think about it. Who's doing all the screaming now about the golf ball being too long? The guy back in his heyday who won more majors than everybody else, who was shockingly longer than everybody else when they were hitting these old golf balls. Yeah, check. Nobody's out there, you know, at his day as an announcer or anything going, hey, uh, I think that that Nicholas fella, he's, we, we should just reduce the flight of the golf ball so he can't mm-hmm. hit it past the rest of the field anymore. Yeah. Wait a minute. That wasn't happening back then, but now it's happening now. Come on, come on. Fairness is overrated. And, and a lot of people I think have a very bad idea of what fairness is. Uh, Remember the adage you, uh, you drive for show, you putt for dough, you know, hitting hitting a driver 350 yards is not going to guarantee. I mean, how many, how many um, holes were short par fours? In last season's PGA season, I think almost every week there was at least one quote unquote drivable par four. Yeah. There were not extensive numbers of Eagles being scored on that hole or those holes. Yeah. You may have driven the green, but you still have to put it. You still have to get it in the hole. Well, you know, and here's the thing You, you look at those and they're entertaining golf holes too. Mm-hmm. They're challenging because they get tight right up there. Yeah. The next yeah, thing you know, these guys the are hitting drivers. Put it in the water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's drivable, but that doesn't mean it's a great place to be. No. It's not even a half those drivable par fours have so much trouble in that landing area or the bounce up area or whatever that is that they could get it on there that they don't have a great second shot that they can really get close. Sometimes the second shot that gets close is the one where they're standing out there with a controllable shot from, you know, 120 yards away that they can pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you see how good these guys are with their wedge game. Yeah. And they, so and maybe the, maybe the play isn't hitting it all the way up there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are people who just want to show off. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sure. But you know what's fun? What's fun about it? Some dude drives a par four green 
you know, like guys are just walking off the green or something. And, you know, the guy gets up there and smashes his drive and it bounces up there and rolls up onto the front of the green and cozies up somewhere, you know, within a handful of feet of the pin. You know what that guy gets? He gets on TV. He gets yeah. on Sports Center. He gets yeah. on the golf channel, right? Yeah. He gets interviewed at the end of the round because that hole, he just made birdie, maybe eagle, whatever. And everybody wants to know about that one. Actually, nobody really cares what he scored. They just want to talk about that drive. Yeah, right. Because it's the That's emotional it. part of the, yeah. it's the cool stuff, man. That guy just, that guy just basked in the glory of driving a green in front of a whole bunch of people. Let yeah. it happen, man. That's what I say. Let it happen. That's right. When you guys screaming and hooting and hollering all the way as, as he's walking from the tee up to the green, man, that's yeah. basking the glory. Do you notice how I quietly just ignored my commentary about the USGA? He could have gone deep on that, but I just said, no, come on. You know, again, the, the golf balls are probably the most improved segment of the game equipment wise. I, you know, that's, I keep hearing that and I feel it because you know, I can hit a lot of drivers pretty much the same distance. And so I pick one, you know, I, I got, I got something I like from the, my sponsor. Right. And I, I like it a lot and it's just as long as everything else. And it's not any longer than anything else. And it sure isn't any shorter than anything else. But when they break out a new golf ball, I play it and I'm all of a sudden I'm hitting it farther. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I think it has a difference maker there. I think the golf ball is a difference maker that I can tell. But then again, as soon as I get my next set of irons, I'm going to say, man, that's a difference maker. <laughs> well, let's talk about another difference maker that's going to make you sweat when we come right back. We're all those weekend golf guys, so hang with us. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-401-1270. That's 800-401-1270. And we are back for a while yet. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. JeffSmithGolfInstruction.com. He can uh, set you up, take care of you, no matter where in the world you be located. So you can say, yeah, my uh, my instructor is a top 100 teacher. How about yours? Talk about showing off. You made a, a comment earlier when you were talking about uh, equipment to improve distance or whatever. You mentioned that if the player is at the end of the physical improvement capabilities. Yeah. So let's back up and talk about guys who are not at that end. There are specific exercises and routines to uh, speed up your swing, more power. You got the force plates, you got everything going. So what, what would a typical, hey, I want to swing this club faster routine look like? What would you tell somebody to do? <laughs> okay, so I, I know this is going to sound very elementary. You're going to say, thanks, Captain Obvious. I'll just 
right? <laughs> but let's let's start with a couple of things. Okay. Okay. Let's start with taking a little bit of tension in the golf swing away. Okay. And then just start turning your body back and forth a little faster and swinging your arms a little faster. And you're going to go, what, really? You're going to start with that? Yeah, I'm going to lead with that. Let's take off the brakes. Because we are trying to rev up this engine a little bit. So if you've got something and there's these, there's these training tools that are out there that are just amazing, right? Speed sticks and the stack system and the ripstick and swinging different things to get your brain to tell your body to actually move all of its parts in the same sequence faster by getting away from a golf ball and training with the most ridiculous, ridiculously fast speeds you could possibly imagine so that your brain triggers it all to go faster so that when you're out there with a golf club in your hand over a ball, you're, normal speed your cruising speed so to speak you know the one you mm-hmm. play golf with is right. actually a couple miles an hour faster because you tried to push it to the speed limits in training and then you went out and played golf and okay. all of a sudden all those body parts that are moving in that same order they're now moving faster so if you concentrate on just trying to move your body faster and not trying to swing faster, you can maybe accomplish it quicker or more accurately or better. I just tell people, look, there's a thing that you could get out there. Those They, they get these little monitors out there that are relatively consistent. Okay. I don't believe in their accuracy, but I do see their consistency. Okay. Because I measure it up against my... $20,000 launch monitor <laughs> right, gotcha. and the numbers aren't the same, but when one goes up by a couple of miles an hour and the other goes up by the same couple of miles an hour, now all of a sudden we have something that is apples to apples. Gotcha. Okay. They make these things and you put them in a very specific place behind your club, behind the area of your swing. And you just start swinging these speed sticks and these, these stack system and the rip stick and these things that pass right in front of the little zone that this thing can read it in. And it gives it a number. And all you're trying to do is see how fast you can make the soccer go. It's like a little game. Mm-hmm. And you train and you train and you train. And you get that number feedback and you go, wow, I actually am moving this faster. And then you put a ball in front of you, hit your club in hand, and you hit it. And all of a sudden the ball went farther and you go, hey, this, this works. <laughs> I know. I started with, like I said, the, the most captain obvious thing any fourth grader could go geez john why don't you start swinging the club faster (laughs) start moving your body faster okay yeah i started with that because if you don't even plug that into your equation right you're crazy right you're you're putting the cart way before the horse right well which is which is so typical for a golfer to do man oh there's tons of training that that gets done right in the gym and you start working on things that make your transition from backswing to downswing faster Mm -hmm. because then your lateral push is happens sooner. Your rotary twist happens sooner 
and you putting on the brake of the lateral push and the rotary twist with pushing in the, the foot on the lead leg to kind of, you know, we talked about hitting up against a firm left side. If you're a right-handed golfer, remember that conversation back in the day? I do. Yeah. Well, that's putting on the brakes of the, that engine revving that you've been doing, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm starting it all faster. And then I'm slamming on the body brakes while my hands and arms are still whipping through there. And you find out when you do that so fast and so soon in the golf swing, club speeds up. Makes sense. Unless, of course, you're putting on the hand brakes by squeezing the daylights out of it with your hands. Now, they have to be firm enough to move the club fast. Supple wrists is what I got to have. But if I start squeezing so tight that it can't even have supple wrists. Yeah, it defeats the purpose. I just slowed the club down. Yeah. So, um, you know, so there's, there's some stuff there that we can, we can train people to do. I've got different devices and I got some bungee cords and I got some things to step on and I got some things that we talk about and I measure it with the force plates and go, Hey, did that happen at the right time? Was I putting pressure into the ground at the right spot at the right time? Hard enough. Was I doing that? Cause if I was, I can generate more force and speed. And if I wasn't doing it at the right time, like soon enough to be effective, kind of mm-hmm. the right time. Right. Well, then the club can't speed up. Okay. So I did it. Yay. I did it. Well, what if I did it, you know, like right when the club was about to touch the ball? And you're like, yeah, but ineffective. Didn't help. So there's a lot of fun things that I get to do. So um, it's, it's a question of timing, not just technique. Oh, absolutely. Timing is a major player in this. Yeah. A major player. Because what if you did exactly what you needed to do, but you did it too late? Like most golfers do the thing too Mm -hmm. late. Then it doesn't doesn't do do nothing. Well, if these forces that you're applying to swing the club fast don't happen at a certain time in the golf swing, you didn't get to speed the club up enough because the club was already on its way and you didn't have that timing to speed the thing up because the club was too far along. Well, then you wasted your energy. Literally wasted your energy. Literally wasted your energy. Yeah, because you can, you spent the energy, but it did nothing to help. That's exactly right. Wow. So that's what we call powerless effort <laughs> as opposed to effortless power. Exactly, which is what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, these these guys that are amazing, the Justin James guys of the world and the Jason Zubacks of the world, yeah, I don't think that they're um, they're going to talk about effortless power. They no. put a lot of effort into their power, dude. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they put a lot of effort into it. I've Long- watched some of the workouts that these guys do. Yeah. I've watched some of the training things these guys do. They do some of the craziest stuff you've ever seen. And you know what effect it has? They're the longest players in the world. <laughs> yeah. 535 yard drives. That's it's crazy. That's what that stuff it's, does. It's crazy. Right. But you watch what they do and the, the normal golfer go, I don't understand what that guy's doing. Yeah. How's that helping his golf game? Well, that guy's driving the green with a seven iron. So shut it. Yeah. But again, <laughs> but those guys, what they do is long drive. They're not necessarily out there to play 18 holes of golf. 
Yeah, but these guys can play golf. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm sure they can. You you throw you throw a, a set of clubs into Jason Zuback's hands, and he can get it around the golf course. Yeah. Yes, he's built for power. He's built for speed. He's an amazing physical athlete, right? But don't tell me that guy isn't playing golf. He's right. playing golf too. Yeah. yeah. He knows where his ball's going. He's not just out there. These guys don't succeed just swinging at it willy nilly. They got to have, <laughs> look, they got to hit a grid, dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, they that's, that's how grid. they score, man. It's got to be, you know, right? within. So certain... these guys get it. Yeah, exactly. They understand very clearly where that club face has to be to tell the ball what they want it to do. Right. No well, let's just, let's just Think recap just a tad, man. You want to, you want to hit the ball farther. You have some choices. You can actually go get a set of clubs fitted to you. You can find out what ball works best for you and use it. You can uh, get with a teacher like Jeff and figure out when to apply the force that you need to apply to get the ball to go further. Don't waste your effort. That's a pretty good recap. Thank you, sir. We that only had a few. You were either paying stuff. attention, or I was, I was, I was you had a script or something. You, no, you I was. We just write it down as we're babbling along. Well, you know, we don't have no script. We just pull this out of wherever. <laughs> so. Script. <laughs> <laughs> so all of those things, or a few of those things, or pick, pick and choose, or whatever, and you'll be able to hit the ball farther the next time you go out to play some golf. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.